Hello and welcome to Captivate Insider. This is episode number one of our brand new show and it's a brand new year. So welcome to 2022. I hope you had a good Christmas and you had a nice new year and that you and your podcast are raring to go for 2022. My name's Gary. I'm your host. I'm the head of design here at Captivate and each week I'll be chatting with our team about our culture, some of the features that we've got launching and upcoming and some tips that will make your life as a podcaster easier, quicker and most importantly fun. In this first episode and for the next couple, I'll be diving into one of our biggest features that we launched in October of last year, which was module one of Amy, our dynamic ad insertion tool. So as podcasting moves more and more into the advertising and monetization space, the need for the independent, serious podcaster and professionals alike to monetize their show is becoming more important. And so, of course, Captivate has been on the case, working out how we're going to do Amy, how we're going to handle advertising and so on. So way back when Captivate was formed, the feature started to take shape uh, in 2020. And then as the team has worked on it and uh, we've designed and developed it more and more, we split it out into modules. And uh, as I said, module one launched last year in October to great success. A lot of our podcast users are using it every day to make advertising and including ads within their shows a lot easier and quicker. So today, uh, my first interview is with our founders, our CTO, Kira McKeefery, and our CEO, Mark Asquith. I was lucky enough to grab those guys for 20 minutes and get their thoughts on building the tool that's now live and that many of our podcasters are using every day. So let's hear from Mark and Kieran. Hello, and welcome to Captivate Insider episode one, our new episode one as we relaunched this show. And I'm joined today by our founders, our CTO, Kieran McKeefery, and our CEO, Mark Asquith, to talk about a pretty big feature that we launched towards the back end of last year, which is Amy, which handles all of our dynamic ad insertion, etc. It was a pretty big feature for us, so I thought it would be good to spend the first few eps of this new relaunch to talk about some of the things that went into it, what are our thoughts, especially with these guys, as they were talking about it way back in the early days, and some other team members to see what their contribution was and how we developed it to put it forward uh, to our users, which is helping tons of our podcast users to grow their shows so thank you very much for joining me, chaps. I just want to take a wee bit of your time just to fire you a bunch of questions. I think it'll be a really good insight uh, for me and to our listeners to find out your thoughts on Amy and the early days when you guys were talking about Captivate and setting it all up and your, the roadmap and how it affects the industry uh, as a whole. So the first question to both of you. So before, way before Captivate was even live and users started to dig into the platform and so on, when you were having your 3 a.m. chats and you were excited about setting up Captivate and, and all that stuff, um, was there a time when you spoke about this as a as a not a, a specific feature and calling it Amy, but more so around just the concept of dynamic ad insertion and when that was going to be included? So, was it something that you were talking about right from the get go? And um, is it fairly close to that concept now that we've launched it versus those early chats that you had back then? We always knew we wanted to do dynamic content, dynamic ad insertion, and we always knew we wanted to do it in a really specific, captivate way. Um, so we didn't necessarily know what it was going to look like or how it was going to feel, but we knew that it had to be, you know, the Captivate brand because the Captivate brand came from how me and Kieran tend to work anyway, which is that very straightforward, very kind of, uh, simplistic when it comes to using something very simplistic way of doing things so that, you know, someone's not overwhelmed by the technology. Like we want to demystify podcasting tech for people. That's one of the big missions of Captivate. And so we always knew we wanted to do it. We always had a bit of a three-phase plan for Captivate, and we knew that phase one was going to be one particular thing, 
and phase two was going to include dynamic content, dynamic ad insertion. And where we are today as we're, as we're recording and releasing this episode, you know, we're pretty much squarely in the, the, pretty much in the middle of phase two of Captivate. We know we've got another phase after this in our minds. Um, so yeah, we always knew we wanted to do it. Obviously, it wasn't called Amy. It wasn't anything specific, but after phase one, which in our minds was, let's prove that we can be a really good hosting platform and that we can do things that people don't expect and that they don't think that they need. Let's give them a lot of things that they just think, oh, why didn't other people think of that? So that was sort of phase one. Phase two was always going to be this dynamic content, this dynamic hard work, and a lot of the monetization options that we're bringing to the platform. And Kieran, we, 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 it's always been there since day one, hasn't it? We, we've always pegged it as that part of that phase two. Yeah, I mean, it, it could have come earlier. You know, we had the opportunity to make it come out earlier. Um, for, from our point of view, from a, from a strategic point, it was, is the industry quite ready for this? The, the Captivate users, are they ready for this thing right yet, right now? Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's always kind of been there in the back of our mind. It's it's always from at least since we first started Captivate, it was it was one of the initial thought process of right, Amy's first launch, the first year, what you know, what are we what we're trying to achieve, what we're trying to get out there. Um and then obviously it kind of just evolved massively, you know, we we gave Captivate to users and it started making key decisions for us. So I think it started making much more sense from our point of view of actually do our users need this right now? Is there any other tool that we could provide to captivate users um, that is outside dynamic content that can help them increase brand awareness from you know from the from their own podcast brand awareness? Um, you know, c- can we give them the tools able to actually pitch sponsors to use dynamic content? It's, it's great, you know, giving it, giving dynamic content out to users, but frankly, we want to make sure that the captivate users as a whole have actually got the ability to go out and get the adverts to dynamically add to get the sponsors to get the money you know what i mean it's it's it was always a a very nice phased approach from our side i think it was like a a marvel thing right yeah just like that yeah just like that mark's hulk um guys you can be whoever you want take your pick probably ant-man yeah go on him yeah (laughs) i'll take that Good. So that's um. So it sounds like from from day one, right in the early days, you knew because I I when I joined Captivate, which must have been about a year in, maybe just below, just after that, uh, it was always something that was in conversation when I joined. Like as soon as I jumped on board, there was already uh, documentation, all that stuff around Amy, and we need to get that rocking and rolling. So um, it, it's it's interesting that because um, a lot of companies when they especially startups when they start rocking and rolling, they very quickly um, change up their feature list as you know life and other bits and pieces start to um, mold their journey and so on it, do, it it doesn't always go to plan so it's it's very cool that you guys had that already nailed down to a degree it's something you always wanted to do and then uh, we started rocking and rolling that and then uh, moving on to actually building the thing and you know once we got the uh, uh, the, the time in place and, and the team's obviously start rocking that Kieran from your point of view um, it obviously required a lot of collaboration and development time, of course. And I know you personally had a lot of late, late nights, you know, as we got through the, uh, into the middle of it, but what was your plan of attack for getting this actually developed then and tested and everything? Because it's not a, it's not just a small thing, is it? That you would just, you know, flick a switch and it's suddenly working. It's a, it's a big old beast. I, th- I think it would just, it's straight from the start. I think projects like these, you've kind of got to approach in a, 
certainly in a in a project like this where it's so big and it's, stuff can go wrong quite easily. You know, at the end of the day, we, you know, we, we're changing audio. Um, that could quite catastrophically go wrong if something bad happens. You know, you could remove users' audio. You know, loads of things could potentially have issues. Um, so I think from the start, it was basically, what can we do um, to implement testing as soon as this has been built? What can we do in build period to ensure that the testing is going to be easier? So obviously, like you've unit testing, um, end-to-end testing, everything that, for, that our developers need to do to achieve the fundamental functional testing, I think was quite important. Um, and also just breaking out into to smaller pieces, I think. Sometimes bigger projects, you can quite easily look at them and think, wow, there's so much to do. But, you know, if you just look at it like components of a sandwich, you know, you've got two big pieces um, of bread and then all the little in, in the smaller pieces that, that need to make the sandwich um, is what everyone else can work on. Um, so part of the team were working on um, the bulk edits, for example, whilst one of the other team members was working on the proof of concept. And, you know, it's kind of just layering everything up um, in a way that, means that the sandwich is complete and you know when it comes to adding anything extra at the end or removing any features you can do that i think i think sometimes taking a nice slower approach on stuff as well i think you can see others in the industry that might have rushed features out just to get it out for the saying that they've got the feature i think that's not us and it never will be if you get a captivate product it's going to be captivated it's going to it's going to have everything that you as a captivate user will need so i think that's that goes a lot into our thought process how we build things, how we plan things. And sometimes, you know, there are features where we have to pull features out. You know, we get to a point right at the end and we're thinking, actually, this is already so awesome, um, but we want this out to users. Let's just nip this little thing back or we don't need to build that thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all collaboration. I think it's just working with all the team, making sure everyone's on the right path. Um, and that's not just from a development point of view. I think the the entire team from from briefing to design to building to marketing to testing and you know all of that it just seemed to go so well agreed yeah agreed on that one dude yeah it's interesting so it was more like yeah so i like the the sandwich analogy it's a nice one i'm not sure what design would be though i don't know i just want to be a lettuce maybe a bit of ham or mate or yeah slice of ham that'll do who's the pickle mark probably Moving yeah, on to Mark. Mark the pickle. I am the yeah. spice. The spice. That's correct. Yeah. Moving on to Mark, actually, a question for you on when we came to actually launching, Amy. So you've had, obviously, vast amounts of, of years working with brand and marketing and all of that um, and all that stuff. So it's hugely important, as you know, uh, how new features and products are out there, you know, received from our users and, and the wider podcast and industry and so on. So what are your thoughts on on how best we could implement this one? Because as I was saying to Kieran with the dev side of things, it wasn't just a small feature that we just pop on the change log and you know and users came across it so uh it wasn't like one of those smaller ones so was there anything that you were thinking about and planning in in the run-up to that um as it was such a big thing to launch the biggest part of it w- was the branding of it and making sure that we actually had something you know i'm not talking visual branding here i'm talking about the fact that we had a name that we could hook to you know the audio monetization and integration engine which changed at the last minute you know it, it was to, to speak to kieran's point about pulling something out you know, we pulled the mastering side of it out in order to put that into something else later, uh, just because Amy didn't need that. And it actually, you know, it, it, it was something that we, Amy benefited from that not being in there, you know, that we can do more with that. So I think having something that you can hook to 
was was a real big benefit to the business, but also to the users. You know, if you think about as a, as a podcaster, the last thing that you want is to be sold uh, a feature that just gets something onto a features checkbox list. Like you know, there are other hosting platforms out there that quickly put pre and post roll together, and then there are other hosting platforms out there that have you know they've retconned for want of a better word. They've gone back and put mid roll into their roadmap because we launched Amy, and that's all well and good. And 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 it, it, that's how business works. You know, that's how these things work. It's okay to do that. But from our side, it was very clear that we had to deliver on a brand. It's not just a quick shoot from the hip, oh, look at what's happened over the fence. It's a, here is Amy. It's, this is what it does, audio monetization integration engine. These are the parameters within which it works. And here's a box of quality that you can be assured will work. And that was, so that was the big thing. And then the other side of it was, from a launch perspective, it had to be really simple to use. People aren't using software that is difficult, and the podcasting industry is really bad for trying to keep things complex, because especially when you look at some of the, the more legacy companies, it's really cool for them to make out everything still complex, because they're not doing anything interesting, you know, so they try to keep the other stuff that's not, the, the stuff that's not really that complex anymore, they try and keep that to themselves, they kind of try and complicate it to the users because look if we do that then we can we can pretend to be the experts and i i think the podcast industry has changed so much so for us it was much more about here's amy like i said this box of quality that you can be assured will work and it's, it's branded like that on purpose to be really clear this is not you know we're not mystifying things instead we are demystifying what people think is for really high brand podcasts and we're doing things that quote unquote enterprise only get access to and we're giving it to every serious independent creator and in order to do that it has to be easy it's got to be useful and you've got to be able to see at a glance here's what this thing does and that was how we approached it and then it's, it's really just about letting people play with it but illustrating like guys you and i did an episode of our star wars podcast you know it was uh, spark rebellion where we we used Amy's post rollers to add a post credits. And then we added, we used Amy's pre-roll capabilities to tell people that we'd added a post roll to the end after the fact. So it's, it's really getting people excited. You know, that's our job as a brand is to get people about excited about the possibility of what they can achieve. And, 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 and that's the only thing that we've got to do, because if we can, number one, get them excited about it, but number two, then enable that excitement to come through to fruition and to actually do something that produces results for them, then, then we've succeeded. So that was how we approached that. Yes, and that was—I remember that being one of the um, one of the important things as we were talking through Amy, various various months and months as we were working on it was um, uh, above all else, it's got to be a case of um, let's let's build that anticipation for Amy. And we had plenty of people ask all the time, loads of users like, "When's Amy coming? When's it going to drop?" And so we had that anticipation there. And then it was a case of, as you said earlier as well, Kieran. It had it, it had to be quality, right? It had to be a case of, um, well, the other, you know, some of the other um, hosting companies out there uh, are a little bit slow on the uptake with that kind of thing sometimes. It does make it a little bit, you know, a bit of an elitist thing to have. Yeah, like I think the Joe Rogans and some of those people, like the top tier podcasters, they would have access to that stuff first and then it would trickle downhill and some of the, you know, some of the, uh, the people that don't have as much, you know, as big a numbers as those guys, they would finally get access to it. But as Mark was saying, it's like, no, you know, we'll, op we'll open up the box and you can have a play with it. So people yeah. generally only remember the launch. 
Like mm-hmm. that is the big impact. Like if if you if we released Amy with pre-roll and post-roll, we could have done that last year. We could have done that easy. It wouldn't have been imp- impactful. It wouldn't have had the key features that makes Amy what it is, which is great. You know, you wouldn't have been able to paint over all old baked in adverts. You know, you, you'd have simply just had pre and post roll, and, and that to us from our side, that is not captivating. It never will be. You know, we we put all our heart and energy into the products we deliver to captivate users. So I think that's, you know, it's important. It really is. And like Mike just mentioned again on that previous point, you know, we we pulled out the mastering side because frankly, it, it wasn't it wasn't something that was the ultimate piece of captivate or Amy. Instead, we we dedicated the time that we would have spent on the mastering side. And put the extra bit into Amy to make it even better. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm quite happy with that entire process. You got to think as well from from that perspective to that point. I think it's easy for software companies and the people running them to think that they know what's best. Um, you know, and 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 to work at a level of of confidence and complacency, wherein they believe that the users and the podcasters are are there. Um, because they should be grateful to the software company for doing something. And, and, and so that what then tends to happen is that the software company delivers thing that, things that they think are great that don't necessarily meet the needs of the podcaster or do so in such a way that actually it's more like an old, um, how products used to be delivered and how marketing used to be delivered, which is from the expert, quote unquote expert, you know, on the software side to the user. And that's what you get. You know, I think a lot of, uh, certainly a lot of podcast hosting platforms do that where they they don't think about what it's like to be a day-to-day podcaster. A great example is Amy's ad painter tool. You know, the fact that you can paint over baked in adverts is is an absolute game changer, you know, and that's what gets people thinking. And I think a lot of people that think they're really, I think that think they know what's best for podcasters because they're in, you know, what in, they're into building business. They've been around podcasting for a long time, or they're into software, or whatever. They forget that the only people that know what's best for podcasters is the the podcaster sat on the other side of the, of of the payment gateway. You know, that's that's as true as it gets. And when you're creating something like Amy, what you can't do is deliver something that you think is absolutely fantastic just because you love the business. You've got to really walk the walk. You've got to be a podcaster to deliver something like Amy. You can deliver technological mechanics of something like Amy. Anyone, could, I could, you could commission a developer to do that to do that today. But this is the difference: is that we all podcast, and most of the other team members podcast, and we can get under the skin of what we would do if we were using this. And it, I think that is the big difference between what Captivate does with Amy and what a lot, of, a lot of other people have done. Like what we've not done is got a tick in a feature list. What we've done is made sure that you, the podcaster listening, can actually use the thing straight away and, and, and materially affect the entire podcast inventory that you own in every possible way that you need to do it. And that's the difference. You know, that's the difference in approach, I think. Yes, spot on there, dude. So I think it's more about the the nuances, right, that make the usability side of things absolutely spot on. Because um, we, if if we were just running a random, you know, software company that just happened to build 
uh, you know, a hosting platform within the podcast industry, then we would be stuck to a degree. We would have to spend so much time on on uh, user research and probably have a you know a whole team of UX researchers and designers and all that stuff to get that stuff right. So uh, I think that's we get that feedback a lot as well. We have that conversation with our users where we openly say, yeah, we podcast and we do this and you know this team like Danny, one of our uh, support. Uh, support guys he's a massive podcaster so having all of that um sort of influx of of experience under the skin like you said is 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 really really important so yeah good answer to that one dude so moving on a little bit to um i think we've spoken about some of the nuances and also um the details within module one of amy Uh, is there anything and this is to both of you is there anything that has stuck from day one as a feature that's a must-have for for launch so we've mentioned things like uh, the bulk editor, pre and post rolls, and you know the mid roll painter, and all that sort of thing. Um, and this was also fueled a little bit by our our users and our community. So we have a very some of our users are very vocal about you know some of the features that they want us to include and launch and stuff. And we, of course, we read all of the feedback from our Facebook groups and Twitter and so on. We read all of that and we take it on board and, and we chat about that stuff. So that kind of, in a way, helped us to you know to to do that stuff but was there, is there anything that um as uh, we were going through the whole development process you're like right okay we've spoken about these things and they are an absolute must for day one so we also mentioned there was a couple of things that we put back uh, very purposely for other modules but uh, anything that's a must the ad painter for me was the the it was the thing that turns mid-roll because we always want to do mid-roll. There's a lot of hosting companies that go out and just do pre and post-roll because it's the easiest bit and it gets them, like I said, it gets them a tick in a box on dynamic ad and content insertion. And, there, you know, there are hosts, since we've we, since we've revealed Amy, there are hosts that have gone back to their roadmap and, you know, oh, yeah, look, we've got mid-roll as well. Ah, this is cute. You know, again, that's how business works. There's nothing wrong with that. We can't have a, a whine about copying. So the, the, the thing about this is that, you know, we, our plan with Captivate is just to always serve the users. And if you can serve the users by giving, you know, we always wanted to do mid-roll, that's not really serving the users, all right? It's useful and it should have existed and it was always there from day one. But the ad painter is the thing that makes mid-roll genuinely useful and that makes mid-roll really actually usable for the serious podcaster. Because... The serious podcaster needs the ability to be flexible and to go back through inventory and to make decisions based on today, not how they felt 40 episodes ago. And for me, that was the layer of greatness that, that was overlaid into Amy. You know, we, Ed, Ed articulated it a while ago. He said, you know, we shouldn't be releasing anything unless it's great. You know, it's not good enough to be good enough. And that was the layer of mid-roll that, that worked for me. So for me, it was that ad painter, I think, it was something that was echoed by the advisors. They 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 also echoed the sentiment that an ad painter would be very 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 valuable. So that really bolstered our decision to to not put Amy out without that ad painter. Now, what's challenging with that is that you you you've got to take a bit of a beating sometimes. You know, it's my job as, as the person sat kind of as the public face of Captivate to take a bit of a beating when people are saying, "Well, you're a month back on Amy. Where's where is it?" You know, it, it takes some. It takes some real, um, I suppose, thick skin to be able to sit there and say, look, I understand and I'm really, really sorry, but please just trust this thing that we're working on. 
You know, I, I don't want to give you too much now because I need to be sure that I can deliver on it. But when I do, I promise you'll be the first to know and you'll see why we've waited an extra month to get it out. And I think that is a difficult thing for founders to take. You know, there are so many hosting platforms out there that are startups, you know, one, two people working on a hosting platform. And that's really admirable. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, it's admirable that hosting companies have been built by small teams. Everyone should be proud of that. And, and part of that is having that thick skin. And we had to do that with the ad painter. So for me, the ad painter was the, 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 the thing that took it from good to great. Yeah. Kieran? Echo Mark's comments. I think yeah. the, ad, the ad painter was, you know, we, we went through it on, I think this is, goes back to the point about how the development went so well. I think that's the POC that we had on our side, the proof of concept. We built the ad painter into the proof of concept. So we, we knew at that point, right, guys, this is physically achievable. This has got to go out with this release because it's so important for us. Um, so, yeah, I think completely agree. It's the ad painter all over. The amount of people that have got baked in adverts in podcasting is unreal. Like, it's so many. And I think a lot of hosts miss that. They miss the trick that a lot of people have got baked in adverts. Um, so I think to offer that ability to all the shows is, is, is great. You know, you're opening up a massive inventory of previously hosted podcasts that have had all you know the old baked in adverts and even even you know not just baked in adverts baked in content you know we, we could be talking about um podcasts that are about events you know talking about podcast movement 2021 you know the ability to go back to previous episodes and do a shout out of podcast podcast movement 2022 for example you know that's great it, it, it's something that i think's been really lacking in the industry especially for I won't say the indies because that's harsh. You know, our podcasts aren't indies. I think they're, they're really independent podcasters that uh, really want to have a good monetization. So I think that, you know, having these tools to our users, I think is perfect, really. And it, I, I would not have changed it. If Amy would have had to be released a month later, it would have been released a month later. Like, it was a necessity. Yeah, that no, makes sense. Yeah, totally. And... Thankfully, from you guys as founders and, you know, very hands-on running the team and running the company and so on, that that all rolls downhill to us, as, you know, throughout the team. So uh, anything that hopefully, you know, users that have used anything to do with Captivate within the platform and so on, you'll, you'll know that we, we'll never put out half-assed, you, you know, uh, average stuff. So uh, that's, uh, that's really telling, actually, that you two are on the same page again uh, with that stuff. So that's very cool. Uh, Kieran, um, in terms of, uh, we've spoken a bit about your development um, process and and uh, what you were planning in in terms of how to deliver Amy in the first place. But uh, as we move on to the other modules of Amy and you know other stuff at, at Captivate, uh, are there any particular points that you've taken away from the development process with Amy that uh, which success stories and we're going to carry through um, to the other modules and so on? Yeah, I mean, our development team is superb. I don't think they've done any better than any of the other pieces of kit that we you know captivates brought out so i certainly don't think there's anything massively uh, pulled out of the amy mo amy development process that that you know we've not been doing before i think pocs are very important they're vital um to, to larger projects i think it's also just those really nice discussions internally you know i think there's always a problem and i think this is this is from any software team that sometimes developers and designers work separately you know the it's like you're over here, you're doing this thing, and you're over here doing this thing. But I think one thing that worked exceptionally well with Amy is that every key decision on the platform, from a UI point of view, from a design and development point of view, 
everything was so collaborative between the design and development. So, you know, if we build something and it doesn't quite work out, a nice quick screen grab or um, a video recording over to the design team makes a massive difference. That quick, you know, it hasn't got to be, um, I think we spoke about it before, sometimes like the waterfall approach is a little bit had been, you know, sometimes you're kind of like, oh, you've done this bit, now it's your turn, you've got to do it. I don't, I don't think we have done. I think a really good thing of how we've we've changed the processes for Amy, Dashboard V2, another great example, I think is the fact that everyone has no fear on going back to the previous person and trying to rehash stuff. If something doesn't work, we go back, we hash it back out and, you know, we do it as a team. So I think, being honest, I think we, we've always kind of done that. I think Amy's strengthened it a little bit more. I think just how collaborative we've, we've worked, everything's been done uh, correctly. Everyone's worked really, really hard. Like everyone's put so much effort and time and energy into it. So I think just keep doing that. Just keep doing what we do. Um, and, and it just shows for it. Just look at Amy, you know, everyone appreciates it. Um, yeah. Top answer. Yeah, nice one. And uh, we can see um, that uh, we try and do that as well with most of our, well, most of all of our um, projects and features that we go through. We have a debriefing session where uh, we go through and like what's worked, what hasn't worked, what do we need to improve? And that just, that helps with us to um, get our features out to be, you know, on time for a start. Uh, And also uh, the quality as well, maintaining that quality, which is important to us. Uh, this could, this next question is for Mark. It could be a podcast all in itself, but I just wanted to get your brief thoughts on this because it does link into Amy and also some branding and other uh, industry stuff. But uh, in terms of monetization and advertising in general within the podcast industry, uh, where do you see the growth happening for that over the next couple of years versus how it's been for the few years leading up to this point? Is it going to be one of those just continual trending upwards or is it going to be a shake-up of any sort, do you reckon? Certainly for the next few years, if, if we talk about just sponsorships, you know, I don't want to talk about memberships. I don't want to talk about listener support because they're trending up, you know, anyway. I think that's a natural progression for creators. Creator support is, is a huge thing. So that's sort of a given that that's just going uh, in the right direction. But if we think about sponsorships, I think you're going to start to see um, a lot more a lot more bidding for the top tier of podcasts, you know, as Spotify have done. Um, and, and a lot more money going through to these proven media entities that, that just happen to be podcasts, you know, this this top tier. I think you're going to start to see the middle tier of people command a little bit more money, um, probably through more direct relationships with advertisers. You know, CPMs, are, 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 they are what they are. They fluctuate so readily, but I think that middle tier of podcaster, someone that's got, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 downloads an episode, is he, going to be able to command a little bit more fixed fee revenue because they can prove their niche audience amongst a, a range of four and a half million podcasts that are all vying for the same audience. And I think the bottom tier, and I say the bottom tier with, with a lot of love because that's where the vast majority of podcasters are, including, you know, our own shows, you know, is is where you've got a few hundred listeners. But I think that you'll start to see people in that space become a lot more confident going to more specific sponsors. So, you know, a local a local podcast or a Star Wars podcast with 100 listeners can go to a local um, Comic Con and, and, and command a grand for sponsorship because the, the, the niche is that tight. And I, so I think this three-tier system that we've spoken about before in podcasting will become more pronounced. And I think each of them 
will be able to command more for their own audio influence. And I also see that, that to wrap that up, I, I think that as a headline, you're going to start to see more people being nurtured from the top of tier three, the quote unquote bottom tier, you know, and given marketing budget by people who believe in that show and taking them up to the next tier and then hopefully turning them into kind of a, a podcast brand. So it's interesting. I think as for that, that's that's very much the industry from a creator perspective, you know, from a brand and sponsors perspective, that's, that's very different um, or not different, but it has different considerations. But I think that's where we'll start to see creators. Um, I want to say benefiting, you know? Okay. Good answer, dude. Another good one. You guys are good at answers. Cool. You're practiced at this. We should work in podcasting yeah. probably. Should do. Yeah. Okay. And um, to finish off then, this has been a great insight, by the way, from you guys into uh, the the building of the thing uh, and the run up to launch and, and how we managed it and planned it and all that stuff. So it really is a great tool. It's a really good, loads of our users have started to, to use the heck out of it. And it's really helping uh, a bunch of our users with their, with their, uh, growth and their monetization and stuff. So it's a very good tool. So without giving too much away, is there anything we can look forward to for the future of Amy and the other modules we've got coming up? No spoilers, of course. Module two and three of Amy, of course, you know, we're looking at integrations with the ad partners. That's well on the way, you know, to bring monetization to the, to the, to the, 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 the range of Captivate podcasters. Clearly that comes with inherent things like cap, uh, campaign management and a few other bits as well. But obviously we, we're, we're, we're being captivated about all of this, you know, just like you were surprised as a, as a podcaster to, to learn that on day one of Amy, we launched not only mid-roll, but obviously the ad painter to paint over the baked in ads. Expect more surprises of that ilk, you know, of that quality, of that level of thoughtfulness and conscientiousness from the brand. So, yeah, without giving too much away, you know, there's a couple more modules of Amy. Plus, it's not like we're slowing down on the other side of Captivate as well. It's not like we aren't releasing things that aren't Amy related as well. So there's always, always so much more to come. And, and the mission is always to help you, the serious podcaster, to save time or money or to proactively build your audience. That's the mission. And the, everything that we do is, is, is aimed for that. So there's always more on the horizon. Always more. And this is fruitless, but probably for Kieran, maybe not as many late nights, but probably will be. <laughs> All right, that has been uh that has been awesome guys thank you so much for your time i know you're busy chap so uh, thank you for taking the time to uh to talk to me about amy so kieran thank you very much buddy cheers dude thank you really appreciate that and mark thank you as always dude thanks a lot guys good show sir you've got a wonderfully silky voice there i'll listen to you all day but thanks thanks for having us my man thank you very much cheers guys Another big thank you to Mark and Kieran for taking the time out of their day to talk to me about Amy. It was a fascinating insight to find out their points of view on advertising within the podcasting industry and how Captivate slots into that and helps you, the serious independent podcaster, to monetize your show. Next week, I'll be joined by another member of the team to talk more Amy, so come back next Wednesday for episode two. Make sure you're following Captivate Insider in your favorite podcast app, so you won't miss a show when they land every Wednesday. And if you're not using Captivate to power your podcast and use some of the cool tools that we're talking about each week, then you can try us out totally free for seven days. Just head over to captivate.fm. Until next time, my name's Gary. Have a great week and happy podcasting. <laughs>